With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pour one more beer for me. Exile needs quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile Brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Crack open a Zoltan today. Enjoy your Agent Podcast, Miller and Dace from the Exile Brewing Company Studios. Thank you, Exile. Thank you, Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. Visit them at heartlandflags.com. Steve, before we dive into the week that was week five from the Big Ten and elsewhere around college football, I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about what went on in college basketball last week with the FBI getting involved in something that everyone who's had even remotely an inside look at college basketball and behind the scenes, I don't know, at any point in time in the last 30 years, really, since the shoe contracts Mm -hmm. got involved, that we've known there's been this dark underbelly. And, you know, you and I have had, I'm not saying like we're hardcore insiders, but we've we've known several um, power five level assistant coaches in our lives. We've spoke, mm-hmm. you know, we've known head coaches in our lives. We've also known analysts who whose business it has been to be at these shoe camps and who see things. I've personally been at the um, a shoe camp in 2002, the Nike All American Camp in 2002, where I sat literally five feet away from Chris Humphrey's father, chatting up with Mike Shashevsky for a half hour at a time when any contact other than a bump in, hi, how are you, in the hallway was against the rules. And after I sat there, I, I'm sitting there on the sidelines, Coach Case talking to you know, Humphrey's dad, and I knew it was Humphrey's dad because you know that guy was pretty much a um, you know one of those parents and made itself that he was made it known that he was in the room whenever he came into the room. Um, so I knew it was them, and I'm like, you know, I'm, how old was I in 2000? I was 31 years old. It was my first ever visit to a shoe camp. I'd just been chatting up with Bruce Pearl, who was in a cast that day, and some other coaches that Van Coleman had introduced me to. I was like a kid in a freaking candy store. So I'm, I mean, sitting five feet away from Coach K was made me giddy enough. And after that game was over, you know, Coach K and Humphreys shook hands and parted ways. I'm walking away, and I had a, an assistant coach at a Big Ten university who I knew pull me over and say, hey, you know what was going on there, right? I'm like, what? That was against the rules. I'm like, what do you mean it was against the rules? Well, this is a non-contact period. That can't, that, that's against the rules. I'm like, man, that was Coach K breaking the rules? And they were like, man, he does it just as much as anybody. Now, that wasn't a $100 handshake rule break. And it wasn't anything along the lines of what was revealed last week. But it's just, it's just a personal anecdote as to that this sport 
has been seedy for a long time, and even some of the biggest names do things that they probably shouldn't. And last week, when the revelation came down that the FBI had the goods on a number of assistant coaches, had the goods on Rick Pitino and Louisville, allegedly, based upon the report I've read, it couldn't be any worse. And Rick Pitino and the athletic director both lost their jobs. Patino is still out there flaunting things. We're talking about Louisville helping to arrange via Adidas a $100,000 payment to a top-rated basketball player literally weeks, less than a month, after they'd just been placed on probation for the hooker scandal that Rick Patino claimed no knowledge of. I mean, what a freaking scumbag that guy is. You had assistant coaches at Miami, um, Auburn, Oklahoma State. I probably forgot a few others um, that are getting hammered, losing their jobs. And there, Steve, are probably scores of assistant coaches and head coaches around the country right now who are very nervous because the FBI basically said, we have more information on more of you, and it would be better for you to come to us basically and turn yourself in than it will be if we come to you and or you lie about it for one i'm really glad this is happening because i can't stand cheaters like this but it's not a shock no it's not and i think this is the tip of the iceberg and this story is just beginning Mm -hmm. i think it'll be the biggest scandal in collegiate sports history well, Steve, what about Baylor, Penn State? A gang rape isn't a scandal, guys. That's an abomination. Okay, this is a, this is a scandal. This is the use of power and prestige from from directly for um, directly for financial or sensual benefits. What went on at Baylor and Penn State were Sodom and Gomorrah. That's not a scandal. That's you know. Uh, that's an entirely different level of wickedness. The word "scandal" is not appropriately strong enough for right. What yeah, that's there. one. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a that's a transgression. That's an atrocity, not a scandal. Atro- there you, you go. Say. Atrocity feels better. Yes. So I think it'll be the biggest scandal we've ever seen. I think it's this is going to be a mass casualty event. Oh well, Steve, we've seen this before. No, we have never seen anything like this nope. before. And the reason why I haven't seen anything like this before is because the feds are involved. And, not, and, and this is not just a, a, a legal matter now, it's a political one. And there are people within the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office who, the higher the casualty count, the more likely they get elected to Congress one day, the more likely they become themselves Attorney General or head of the FBI one day, the more likely they become the next Greta Van Suster and Roger Cossack, 10 to 15 year million dollar legal analyst for a major television network one day. Well, Steve, you know, don't we have a million other problems in the country? Well, they didn't set out to investigate this. What happened is they were investigating a massive security and exchange commission fraud mm-hmm. case. And the, one of the money managers that they squeezed that was involved in it let them in on the fact that this was going on at the exact same time. Well, now we have a, now you have a series, a situation where they are directly led breadcrumbs on a massive illegality. Many of these states have laws on the books banning use of agents, risking the amateurism of college athletes. Well, now that you're doing it, though, across state lines, like the Bowen kid, I'm very familiar with his recruitment because he's from Saginaw, Michigan, right? From my old behind, right, you know, my, the backyard of where I grew up. And this was a kid that, you know, 
John Beeline because of the because of what Michigan went through with Ed Martin, and they deserved it. But we went through a decade probation because of Ed Martin. Basically, we didn't make an NCAA tournament for ten years. Now we've gone completely the other way. John Beeline has been voted by his peers as the cleanest coach in college basketball. And the pendulum effect. Yes. If you read Michigan message boards, they will literally tell you this is not a recruitable player by Michigan. Translation, what we're talking about right here. Okay? So Michigan State won't get in on the stuff that we're talking about, but but they'll do stuff that Beeline won't do. Maybe talk to somebody, you know, outside. Like what you're talking about Shashevsky doing. A different level of shenanigan. Okay? So the Bowen kid was already beyond Michigan's grasp. It looked like he was lined up for Michigan State for months. Out of nowhere, literally, I'm going to Louisville. Well, do the math. You know what happened. And then we eventually found out what happened. So the FBI was tipped off on this. They went and got warrants. They got wiretaps and everything else to see if there's something to it. And lo and behold, they've got everybody dead to rights. This is just beginning. And I think people need to understand that this is what you're watching now is is a form of a RICO or a conspiracy case where you go after, you know, it's to put a pop culture spin on it it's one of the great scenes in, in a movie of great scenes the dark knight which hard to believe is almost 10 years old now and it's where harvey dent does a mass indictment of all the mob figures because he doesn't really have he doesn't really have any of the mob bosses dead to rights on one on on one red-handed piece of evidence but he can connect them working together in one mass conspiracy and that's what's going to and you do that because you get, you go after all these people because they will eventually flip on one another and that's what's going to happen here you know chuck person and lamont david i think is the other and some of these other these are these are guys in wingtips these are guys driving suvs these are guys wondering you know can i put can i can i do can i put do I have to settle for P.F. Chang's in my expense report tonight, or can I put Ruth Chris on there? That's the world they live in. These aren't guys that grew up doing a hard time. Well, you know, I'll go ahead and I'll bite the bullet here. I already did right. five years for, for, for carjacking. They're not like not Myron Piggy from Kansas yes. City 20 years ago. I was going, I was going there next. I'm yes. sorry. Yeah, but, don't you, don't, but you're exactly right. These guys are all going to sing because ain't a one of them ready to be buttercup in the morning. And that's where they're, they're, they all ain't. Nobody's playing soap on a rope for 80 years. No one's doing that. They are all turning. They're all singing. This is not a situation where the guy at Louisville, who we were led to believe, despite not being a full-time assistant coach, had the money to start his own on-campus brothel for players and recruits. And then it, what more than likely happened is he was just told by some Louisville booster, hey, just keep your mouth shut forever. We'll make sure you get paid and we'll give you a job. Some no, you're dealing with a whole different animal now. And and this is going to be a mass casualty event. And we're not even talking about the tertiary charges of obstruction of perjury. Like that's why they put the phone number out. Because there's a million ways to bust these people and to take them down now. And they're going to do it. Because here's the other thing, too. Here's the real, beyond the, beyond the fact they broke the law, and there's political reward for the prosecutors that expose this, there's something else here. Don't forget. If you're one of these players' parents, and you were taking five or 7500 bucks a month for sending your kid to school, or that, to that school, do you think you were itemizing on your taxes? Third-party mm. kickback from Nike for sending my kids to school. <laughs> Probably not, John. Probably not. If you're one of the assistant coaches 
Steve, why is it illegal to get it to, to send for? Well, what's illegal is the third party aspect of it. The play, this is where it becomes like Playola and Plug and Plugola in you and I's line of work. Okay, this is now where I am paying a third party to negotiate a deal between a first and a second party, and that is unreported income with that that, that essentially is in the form of a bribe or a kickback. You think all these assistant coaches put on their expense reports? Uh, I need reimbursed for the eighty-five hundred we sent to McDonald's All America A's mom this month. Think they were doing that, John? Mm-mm. So guess where all that money? Guess what? All that money is not what. Not it's not taxed, yeah, not reported. Not no, never get in the way of the government and its money, ever. And so when you throw in the amount of money that has exchanged hands here, that has likely gone unre- unreported across state lines, all of the racketeering, we're essentially talking about a form of white-collar money laundering is what we're really talking about here. This is going to be a devastating scandal. Numerous coaches, I believe when this is all said and done, Bruce Pearl, Rick Pitino, Sean Miller, just to name a few, will never coach in college basketball again. But Dick Vitale says that he's known Sean Miller forever, and he just refuses to believe that Sean Miller would have knowingly um, allowed anything like this to happen. It doesn't matter. Back in 2013, the NCAA changed its enforcement rules. Any time you're guilty of a third, what they call a grade three or a third tier violation, which is a major direct impermissible benefit. The coach can no longer claim I didn't know. It's not it's it, so assistant coaches are essentially acting as an extension of the head coach when they are busted for now on. So it won't matter now. Now this what now this is like the Ed Martin case. See what happened in the Ed Martin case is one late night in January Mateen Cleaves, the high school senior is on his, is on a visit to Michigan. He's in Robert Tractor Trailer's $40,000 or $50,000 decked out SUV none of us knew about until he got turned over on an icy highway that night. And now Michigan's got to explain where Robert Tractor Trailer's mother, mother, single mom, got the money for this, and they can't. All right, well, all these people just lied to NCAA investigators because they have no subpoena power. And then what happened is um, the feds started going after Ed Martin. And they bring Ed Martin who was the bag man at St. Cecilia's, which was the Detroit school where a lot of these things went on, and not just with Michigan for years, but probably Missouri, Syracuse, and lots of other schools that recruited that area very prevalently back in those days. And they get Ed Martin under oath, and he tells them where all his money's at. And they, and so they bring, or they, and they, Chris Weber gets subpoenaed. Well, Chris Weber can't lie now. Otherwise, he's going to, he's going to prison for perjury. So Chris Weber admits under oath, yeah, I got paid thousands of dollars from Ed Martin going back to when I was in high school. Well, now the NCAA has all the evidence it needs to go, to, to, to go after Michigan because it's right there under oath. And that same thing's going to happen. You're going to have multiple SMU-level events here. Now, I don't believe there's going to be any death penalties and by name, but, but the penalties themselves will have the effect of death penalties because – when it happened to us at Michigan, we essentially had we were we spent a decade in college in the college basketball wilderness. And I think you're gonna see that with a lot of schools that are going to be caught up in this. Interesting to bring it back to the Big Ten potentially. Um, the only potential dot connecting that I've seen thus far making its way to the Big Ten at present, you mentioned a man's name earlier, Lamont Evans. 
assistant coach at Oklahoma State. And why does that matter? Because what you just talked about, uh, perfect timing, by the way, almost sound like we planned it, with the 2013 rule that for, what do you call it, a grade three violation? Yeah, it's called a grade three or third degree, something like that. Yeah, but bad it's news. The most severe, it's the most severe violation. Right. That follows you. Illinois hired a coach this offseason named Brad Underwood, who was a head coach last year at Oklahoma State. And who was under his employ at that that time? Lamont Evans, who was named in this at Oklahoma State, and whom Underwood also worked with dating back to 2008 at their days at Kansas State. And Lamont Evans also worked with Frank Martin at South Carolina. And by the way, one of those schools not not specifically named in the FBI report sure sounds a lot like South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it would surprise either of us um, if Frank Martin were somehow caught up in this. Because if I remember, did things not, was was he at Miami? Uh, there was something with some Miami connection. I, let's not go too He was far. at Kansas State, remember. Yeah, That's he was at Kansas he, State. I'm just thinking back to um, his days in the Miami uh, area. But at any, at any rate, let's not do that. We don't need to. There's going to be enough people. And Dick Vitale, he was out there defending Rick Pitino. The other, I mean, I'm so sick and tired of Dick. Dick Vitale's a great humanitarian. Dick Vitale, the humanitarian, good guy, great heart. But he's been the biggest coach, ass kiss, and jock sniffer that ever lived in his days as a broadcaster. And just so sick and tired of his Pollyanna act when it comes to coaches. Would just really like for him to not. I unfollowed him. I don't even want to see. I should probably block him to not even see his stupid tweets because it's so embarrassing. But boy, wouldn't that be something if a Sean Miller got caught up in this and was done? Well, you know, Bruce Pearl's already had a show cause order already. Oh, yeah. So for lying to NCAA investigators. So I, I, I think I, I think these guys are all done. Mm-hmm. I do. I think they are all done. I think that um, we are we, we have never seen what is about to go down. And I think something that's very telling about this is the NCA itself got no heads up from the feds whatsoever mm-hmm. because the NCAA wouldn't do anything about it yeah I, I think that's a clear implication I think that's where people need to understand what is the NCAA it is not an independent body the investigators the enforcement committees are made up of university presidents ADs and administrators alright so it, it's not an independent force it's the schools themselves and I think a lot of people don't realize that about 94% of the NCAA's annual profit margin comes from the NCAA basketball tournament. College football is its own separate entity, the CFA, College Football Association. See, what happened in the early 80s is, is college football got sick. ESPN came in and established itself with the sport of college basketball. And really were the in in, in 79 80 putting games on every single night to fill programming the formation of the new big east conference came at that time a period as well and college football was still operating under antiquated rules of you can only be on tv so many times a season things of that nature 
and and they and they couldn't get the in the NCAA wouldn't change its rules. So they just so the the autonomy the autonomous five we see now is actually something we've seen once before. The College Football Association, all the major conferences other than the Big Ten and the Pac-10, broke off from the NCAA, sued for their independence uh, from in, in in federal court and won. And and now and that's and that's where we saw the television coverage explode explode in the early 80s and then the Big 10 and Pac-10 did their own association and lined up with CBS when we were kids because they had the Rose Bowl and 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 so and the NCA doesn't see almost anything from college football at all they don't run the college football playoff that's run by the that's that's run by the conference commissioners the, the, the entity, the one money-making endeavor that they run, that is entirely their baby, is the NCAA basketball tournament. It's a billion-dollar-a-year enterprise. So I'm not sure what the incentive is for the, for the NCAA, which is made up of these member schools themselves, to really take too heavy of a hand in knowing and enforcing its rules given the fact that this is we've seen the ncaa throw the book at michigan over stretching ohio state over tattoos usc over the kind of stuff we're seeing right now in college basketball but that's in football how many years has the north carolina academic scandal been investigated john yeah and cleveland state is still suffering from uh, yes. that what was that what was what was the joke yeah. i'm Jerry Tarkanian, I can't remember what school it was, but it was akin to, oh, uh, you know, North Carolina broke another violation. I guess uh, Cleveland State's going to be uh, yes. get another two years of probation. Heartland Flagpoles and Flags has flags of various shapes and sizes, banners, windsocks, and more of nearly every team and every sport. That's college, NFL, MLB, NBA, and hockey. If you feel like maybe you're the only Seattle Seahawks fan in your neighborhood, don't worry. They have flags for you as well. Heartland Flags has more than 100 Iowa Hawkeye items from flags to tiki totems, metal signs, luggage tags, and so much more. Let your fandom fly when you shop at Heartland Flags. Free shipping. Seriously, when you shop online, we're talking about free shipping. Your orders will ship for free from Heartland Flags. Heartlandflags.com is the website. Go check it out. Dace, he's a huge Michigan fan. He's a Detroit Lions fan. Rob Howe is a New York Mets fan. I went to their website. Heartlandflags.com has it for you. Again, free shipping on all orders online. Follow them on Twitter at Heartlandflags. And once again, visit them online at Heartlandflags.com. Yes, the level, we've seen them go after Blue Bloods in football. I mean, hell, the entire SEC has been on probation, but we've never really seen it in basketball, not not in mass. And and I think this goes to why uh, it's because this hmm. is the goose that lays the golden egg. I've never thought and about think, that angle. And I think this is why the feds didn't even tip them off, didn't even didn't even let them know, hey, this is coming tomorrow. Mark Emmert literally found out. Mark Emmert is like Rick Pitino. I got it. I found out in the media. I didn't know this was going on. I mean, he didn't have a clue. That what is, now? What does that tell you? Right, that the feds are out there wiretapping, filing subpoenas, sting operations, RICO, RICO, RICO investigations of their member institutions, and they don't even get a sniff of it on the ground in the rumor mill or anything at all. Doesn't that tell you you're dealing with an Inspector Clouseau type of outfit here? 
Great angle. That is why you are paid the huge podcast dollars for takes <laughs> like that. No, that's good. That's good stuff. Obviously, this will be a story that we continue to vault. College basketball um, season technically has begun uh, as teams are practicing now, which I'm very. Well, what, what, what's can I think, say one more thing about? Yeah, this? sure. Beyond the beyond the scumbags and illegalities, and I'm like you. I'm I'm excited. I want to see yeah. all these people prosecuted. My school, we did our time, and now we now now we now we've swung the pendulum so far the other way. John Beeline has put eight guys in the NBA and hasn't recruited a single McDonald's All-American. Okay, we don't even we don't even try and recruit the guys we used to be able to legitimately get. We don't even try it now because we just refuse to get our hands dirty. I want to see everybody punished like we were. I'm not going to lie. I want to see him hammered like we were. Okay, <laughs> but there's an economic lesson here too. Capitalism always finds a way. See what's happened here, really, and that's what's attracted the 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 soft and and putrid underbelly of people and that are involved in this in the in this racket what's happened here is the market has determined that these guys are worth more money than than the economy of scale and the industry they're a part of is willing to pay and this is why this this is a this is a valid history lesson that isn't politics this is transcendent human history this is why you, you you've never had socialism on this planet except when you've pointed a gun at somebody's head because the, the psychologists will literally tell you our brains are wired to want to achieve when they function normally we want adulation we want profit we want recognition when our brains are functioning functioning normally we seek those things we were designed created for these things it is not in our nature when it's working properly to not want to maximize our abilities. This is why greed is such a problem for the human species, because we want to do this. This is why you've never had socialism on this planet, except when you point a gun at somebody's head, because no one will voluntarily say, yes, I want to be Venezuela. Yes, I want to be Cuba. Why? No, no, I don't want to be very successful with the God-given talent I have. That's not who we are. We're the other way, the other way around. Now, what's happened here is legitimate. The the econ the market has legitimately decided that these guys are worth more money at 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old than the manufactured, contrived economy of college athletics is willing to pay. Well, whenever that occurs, it's simple economics 101. The market will find a way, even if it has to create a black market. And that's what's occurred here. Is that, is college basketball is essentially prohibition era economics. It, and, and it won't work because the market has decided that it's worth more than what the penalty is for saying they can't have it. Especially in this era of one and done. You mean to tell me all a shoe company has to do is pay this guy money under the table and then just wait a year and recoup what they're good at what they gave him? They're gonna that's an easy that's an easy sell. Now, some of it college basketball can't avoid. With Jay Billis and others, and I have a lot of respect for Jay, but when he's out there asking of the sport, he knows it can't do. I don't it's like these guys have never heard of Title IX. I don't get this argument. Not to mention they can't be paid. Because they they can't be paid directly because then we have to pay women's rowing too and they, and they don't make any money. 
you know, it's funny. On one hand, the Jay Billises and Dan Wetzels of the world say, well, capitalism means these guys, they, they, they have to get paid what they're worth. But then they forget that Title IX means we have to pay people more than they're worth. So it can't work. We don't have a true free market. We don't. Because we have this is regulated academia. And even though the market may decide they're worth more than the NCAA has, they're still working within the framework of a legislated academic environment. So regulations matter. Secondly, being employees is not a good deal for these players. Because then everything they get, not just the money, it's all taxable income. All of it is. All the swag, room and board, the books, everything they would get would become taxable income. That's a that's not a good deal. Because 98% of these guys are never making a paycheck professionally in the United States of America playing their sport. It's like it's, it's like winning the, the, the SUV on Price is Right only to realize you got to pay the California taxes on it yes. to take it away. Great analogy. So I, 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 I'm always, I always marvel when I hear Billis and these guys on these shows. And I have a lot of respect for Jay and his opinion. When they give these opinions, though, do they not know what Title IX is? Do they not understand that paying these guys makes them employees and therefore everything they would get that they are that is now considered a proper benefit becomes a taxable income and if you're one of those schools in new york or california or new jersey and you're paying stalin-esque taxes tax rates that is a really poopy with corns in it deal for you at ucla at at at, at syracuse at st john's at usc that's a terrible deal for you but they do have a, the greater point that there is a legitimate market worth more than what they are willing, the NSA is willing or can pay is true. A simple remedy to this. There's two simple remedies to this. Number one, allow players to sign with an agent even before they sign in college basketball. Just deregulate it. Put it above board. Put it above board. Let everybody know. Number one, just take it away. Just, just, there's just no point to it. Just, just let us know who signed with an agent and who did not. Okay. The, the, the so, one. so now, so now the schools and the shoe companies will then be funneling the money. You've transitioned the black market of payola from the player to the agent. So be it. That's that's that's. In other words, that's how it works now. I when I when I negotiate with a with an NFL or NBA team, who does that? Who do I? Who am I negotiating with? The agent. I'm not negotiating with the player. I'm negotiating with the agent. So at least now, but 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 that practice in the at, at the pro level is heavily regulated. You don't you, if if you you want to know why Drew Rosenhaus keeps getting jobs because he's nice to us and he's good with his clients. All right, the the seedy guys that are out there, Lee Steinberg's not risking anybody's eligibility. It's scumbags behind uh, under the scenes, behind the scenes who can't get real clients that are doing it. You, de- you deregulate it and, and make everything available, and now suddenly the competition factor takes over, and the best agents that have the highest integrity and the best quality will get the best kids, and that's what we're after. Secondly, let them make money off of their own brand. I've been calling for this on this podcast for years. It's their brand. It's their likeness. They're adults. Well, Steve, some school pay a guy $100,000 for his autograph, and that's how they'll get him. Well, they're doing that now. Uh, didn't we just find that? Didn't we just spend 20 minutes talking about the fact they're already doing it? Them now, And now it's being done under the table, untaxed money, 
It's essentially money laundering. At least this way, everything is above board. And here's the other thing putting it above board will do. That's good for the kids. Because it's under the table, a hundred of these kids think they're worthy of this and have hangers on and fake agents and fake operatives and fake AEU coaches telling them that. You make it above board where everything's regulated and everything's known, and it won't be 100 kids. It'll be 10, 15, or 20, because now the real market is operating in the sunlight. And in the sunlight, I, you know, in the sunlight, when, I, when I'm Nike and Adidas and I got to report losses to investors, I don't like taking losses. You see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. You, if you made it above board, we, then the elite of the elite, Bruce Bowen's not even a one and done candidate. He's a nice recruit. He's not even one. The guy that the, the guy that Bruce Bowen's the kid at Louisville that, that they wiretapped here. He he is not. This isn't Greg Oden, man. I mean, this this isn't Derrick Rose. He's not even a one and done candidate. I would I would I would submit that if we had a legitimate market where the agents were out in the open, and and kids could maximize their own brand on the open, Bruce Bowen would not be worth a hundred thousand dollars. Because everybody would know what everybody's worth because we're competing in an open market in that sense. Hmm. And now there's no more subterfuge now. A bottle of scotch is worth 500 bucks at a speakeasy in 1927. What's, what's it worth right now in Des Moines, Iowa in 2017? 50 bucks. Why? Because we're out in the open in a real competition. That's why. There's no, we're not, this is a contraband. We're not changing hands. It's not every time I hand off that $500 of illegal bottle, that illegal bottle of scotch to somebody, they grease their palm for another 10 or 15 bucks. And we just keep moving another 10 or 15% for every worldwide West all the way through the chain of command. We get rid of all of that if we just have legitimate commerce. Hmm. That's an interesting point. And, and, and one of the things that I've always somewhat been uncomfortable with pursuant to, you know, monetizing their likeness. I mean, on its face, I get it. It's America, it's capitalism. And to not allow these guys to monetize their brand is, it just runs anathema to, in my opinion, the American way. But the reason I've been skittish about it is very, it's very personal and it's very biased in that I sit here and instantly think, well, Alabama gets as much, if not more, TV exposure than anyone, anybody. And if you're going to want to really build your brand up as much as possible, well, you're going to go to Alabama. But then again, I sit there and say, well, all the best kids are already going to Alabama exactly. as a, to, to begin with. So I, yes. I, my, 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 my rationale there does begin to fall apart rather quickly. You look me, at, I'd, look at a, I'd look at your fan base, which can send 40,000 people to, a, to essentially an exhibition game on January 1 for a 7, 8, or 9 win football team. To me, you got a fighting chance to get some of those recruits now. I mean, how many how many guys all the now you've got a fan base that has shown it will financially support secondary tertiary causes of its athletic department. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, I can sit here and I'm not going to name names, but I can sit here and instantly call to mind at least 10 former athletes that have chosen to stay home and either work in the insurance profession, the medical um, device sales profession, uh, 
um, and, and the financial planning profession that I'm certain are all drawing six figures a year from their jobs. And I'm not saying that they're not talented. A lot of these guys are really smart. And they've done really well with the edu- the free education that they got at the university. They're really smart guys that are also type A personalities, overachievers, because that's what helped them become great athletes in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- they may have been able to do that at any rate. But it's 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 certainly helpful to throw out uh, a shingle on a law firm or an insurance agency with a last name that was you know scoring 15 to 20 points a night for the black and gold for four years and to have all that exposure. No question about it. And and the other thing, too, the NBA has got to get rid of the one-and-done rule. It just has to go. It, and, that's, and college basketball can't do anything about that. That's the NBA's thing. The NBA's got to get rid of the one-and-done rule. We had this problem before the one-and-done rule. Ed Martin was a street agent at St. Cecilia's in Detroit before we had a one-and-done rule, Okay. But this is this is making it worse. This is taking this is taking, um, you know, this is the one and done rule is like what New York City did in the 70s when it decided the answer to its prostitution problem was to become the was to just become the porn capital of North America. And then they spent the next 15 years essentially as a mob syndicate dumping ground until Giuliani cleaned the town up. It's a, that, that, that's not a solution. That's taking a fire and adding you know, lighter fluid to it. That's what the one-and-done rule. We have these problems already in the sport. The one-and-done rule is lighter fluid. Okay, That's, that's got to go. That, because now, now, it, now a shoe company knows I only, I, I'm only paying a year up front for this kid, and I'm going to get my ROI in 12 months. So that, that gives more. We, the last thing we need is more incentivization of cheating, mm-hmm. and that's what the one. That's what the one and done rule is. It's too much of a lure. You're asking people now to say no to, to low lying fruit of temptation. I've used this analogy in a lot of men's ministry pre, pre, uh, you know, sermons I've given around the country. Uh, take any man, any man, put him alone in a room with an attractive woman who's not his wife. Sooner or later, if he remains in that situation. He and, and, and a willing and attractive woman. Sooner or later, he will succumb. Some may do it in 24 hours. Some may do it in a month. Some may take 10 years. But the longer they sit within proximity of that temptation, the clock is ticking on every last one of us. And that's the one and done rule. It, it's just it's way too much temptation to, to, to say no to. No one can be expected to do it. It's crazy. Interesting stuff. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. I thought that that would be a good topic for us. I was not concerned, but I thought it would take a lot of time, and it did. Let's do this. Let's put a pin in this podcast. This will be a bonus one this week. Steve and I will still get to our um, Big Ten conversation uh, this week as well. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with another podcast very soon.